Hello and welcome to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Lisa Abigail. I'm Aliza Ora. And I'm Lorena Rose. Today's minisode is about the Disney Channel original movie, Stepsister from Planet Weird, which we all watched on Disney+. And you too can watch it on Disney+, Plus, since everyone is super excited about Disney+, Plus right now. You can also watch pretty much every Disney Channel original movie ever made. It's awesome. And all the Mickey Mouse shorts going back for many decades, which I think are adorable. What did everyone think of Stepsister from Planet Weird, since that's what we're here to talk about? Yes. Um, so I, for one, had never seen this movie before. I was a little bit old for it when it came out. But I had a lot of fun watching it this week. It was um, weird and wonderful and very nostalgic of my Disney Channel youth. I had never seen it either. And I watched it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sure you will share more of your opinion of it as the conversation continues. I personally, since... I'm the one who recommended we watch this movie. I should share with the listeners that I watched this movie so many times when I was younger. I didn't even realize how many times until I started watching it and realized I knew the lines they were about to say. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so obviously it's different watching it now that I am an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it definitely brought back a lot of that nostalgia. And there were certain lines that I definitely like used to recite. So... So for any of our listeners who may not have watched this movie yet, it is a Disney Channel original movie, as we said, from 2000. And uh, roughly it is about a girl whose mother is dating a man who's maybe not what he seems. He's an alien. And this girl and her soon-to-be stepsister, who's also an alien, scheme to break their parents apart. Ooh. So go watch it if you haven't already, and then come back and listen to this discussion. All right. Let's dive into the discussion then. Yeah. So did y'all know that this was based on a book? I did not. I did not. The book is by Frances Lance, who wrote over 30 books. She was a children's librarian who then took up fiction writing. How fun! And the person who wrote the teleplay is Chris Matheson, who also wrote all of the Bill and Ted movies, as well as one of my favorite ever Disney movies, a Goofy movie. I love Ah, a Goofy movie. So good. We just watched it the other night. That's on my list of movies to watch on Disney Plus. For sure. Um, So before we dive into the plot, I also want to have just a couple really quick notes on the cast courtney draper who plays megan is in an episode of buffy yes she is it's a season seven episode so i won't say what character she is in case we have anyone who's uh looking to stay away from buffy spoilers she's also in a season one episode of veronica mars Mm -hmm. so that's fun And a lot of these folks weren't in a lot of other stuff, though. Vanessa Chester, who plays Michelle, Megan's awful friend, was in the most stuff. She was in A Little Princess, which was one of my favorite movies when I was a little kid. She was also in Harriet the Spy with Michelle Trachtenberg from Buffy. And then Miles Jeffrey, who plays Trevor, was in Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, which was directed by Steve Boyum, who also directed this movie. Everything comes back to vampires. 
Also, Courtney Draper was in The Jersey, which was a Disney Channel show during this time. Um, so I think she did this in between filming seasons of The Jersey, I'm guessing. It was a show where kids would like put on a jersey and suddenly they were like in the body of their favorite athlete. So they had different famous athletes on it. That's just the only other thing I knew her from until I realized that she was in that season seven episode of Buffy. That premise sounds really disturbing. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> like not consensual. You can't just enter people's bodies. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, no and I body wonder, swapping? like, I, I wonder what happens to the, like, consciousness of that athlete Yeah. when their body is, like, being taken over by the consciousness of a child. Hmm. Nope, that's disturbing. Let's talk instead. Anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss. Nope. So the other, the only other cast note I have is Lauren Maltby, who played Heather, the popular girl. I was like, I know her. She must have been in so many things because I like know this person. She was in one Margie thing. Margie Hammond. She was in Xenon. She's Margie Hammond in Xenon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie somehow imprinted itself in my brain forever and ever. <laughs> Also, fun fact, because I was reading about her, I guess Xenon Z3, the third one in the series, was her last acting job. And she's now a child psychologist in Southern California. Wow. Yeah. She was also in I'll Be Home for Christmas with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, she was in like a bunch of things. Yeah. But most of them that I didn't recognize. Right. Yeah. Um, except for Xenon. Yeah, there were a lot, like, T- Tamara or Tamara Hope, who plays Ariel, was in a bunch of stuff, but, like, I literally hadn't heard of a single one. Yeah. And according to Wikipedia, she's now active in the Toronto music scene, which makes sense because we hear her sing in this movie and she has a beautiful voice. Yeah. So let's finally talk about what happens in this movie. Well, we start right off with what seemed like a... Well, an interesting uh, take on a fairly average teen girl's life of windsurfing. <laughs> but then we quickly realize that it is a crazy dream sequence. So then it makes a little more sense. Although she does actually windsurf in real life, which I don't think is necessarily average teenage girl stuff. But whatever. <laughs> the first thing the first thing that uh, let me know that it was a dream was how easily she pulled him out of the water with one hand while on a windsurfing board. I don't yes. think it's that easy. No. <laughs> Even if I you're haven't good been windsurfing, but I think I can tell you that. <laughs> so I don't, please don't get mad at me, windsurfing community, but I feel like windsurfing was a thing that had like a very specific moment in the late 90s and then I never heard about it again. <laughs> So this, like, as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, okay, I know what we're doing. We've got the the windsurfing, we've got the crush on a boy with bleach blonde hair who's, like, very, very stupid, but very, very nice, and, like, has the, hey, man, what's up, like, surfer guy thing going on. We've got the workaholic dad who's always on his huge flip cell phone, and then we've got, like, the kind of hippie mom who makes soup for breakfast and runs a windsurfing shop even though she never actually seems to go to work and like the kid gets to help out at the store and have fun interactions with her friends it was was just like so I was like oh I've seen this movie like I haven't seen this movie but I've seen this movie yes yes yeah in many ways it follows a lot of the same tropes 
But then in certain ways, it is different than those other movies. Mm-hmm. But also very quickly, I realized this movie has a lot in common with Roswell because we have some diary narrators in this movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. We sure do. It's definitely cool that it does, you know, all of it, a whole bunch from Megan's perspective and then rewinds and does that same timeline from Ariel's perspective. Yeah. And they did that like a couple times. Yes, I thought that was cute. Yeah, and I think... Like a lot of Disney Channel original movies, the message here is about like accepting people and realizing we all have more in common than we think. And I mean, I guess that's the theme of a lot of media, period. But I think the the dual diary entries, dual perspectives was a, a clever way of showing that. Also, something that I realized pretty early on in the movie um, was that it had really diverse casting for something being of the same era as, say, Buffy and Roswell, where we see almost no diversity. Her best friend is African-American. One of their teachers is Asian-American. There is people of different colors walking around the schools. They are not just all little white bread cookie cutter are the leads, yes, but not everybody in the cast, which I thought was um pretty interesting for being of that era and that's not something we saw very often maybe we did on the disney channel and i just didn't realize it at the time but in mainstream tv i feel like that definitely wasn't happening very much yet i do think the disney channel did a much better job of this than a lot of places i think they were very intentional about it it's like Mm -hmm. you had when was when did the pride family start because that was a show specifically about the black family experience in america the proud family Mm-hmm. That was probably around this time. And then there was like, I mean, that's so Raven, and Raven is obviously African American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were, yeah, I can think of a number of um, black and Asian characters who were in Disney Channel at this time, and mm-hmm. I think Latina too. Yeah, yeah, they did a good yeah. job. Yeah, a lot better than network TV. Yeah. Well, and I mean, on network TV, there was shows like Family Matters and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which are about the quote unquote, like black family and black experiences. But then it's not multiracial casting. It's still just single racial casting targeting a specific group of people, I feel like. Whereas this, I mean, like I said, the white people are all the leads, but there was a lot of different people represented in the ensemble of the cast. Yeah. And shows like Family Matters and Fresh Prince, um, you know, it, it's good for representation. But like you said, it's not racially diverse. Although I will say those were some of my favorite shows. And I think it's I mean, it's good for kids of any race to watch people of all races so that that's a normal thing for you. And you don't go out yeah, into totally. the world like, who, who are those people? Why do they look that way? What's why is their family different than our family? Anyway, <laughs> um, how is Cutter Coburn the name of a human? I was Cutter. like, oh, he's going to turn out to be an alien because the aliens, <laughs> you would think the alien chose the name Cosmo Cola to try to blend in. So clearly Cutter <laughs> Coburn's parents were in that same vein. <laughs> I know there should have been a sequel where Cutter mm. is the alien. and That's why his name and his behaviors are the way they are (laughs) i will say though that i have in my life met one person whose given name was cutter really 
That's just not a that's just not a name. Yeah. So what did y'all think about the girls' devious plan to split up the the parent or Kathy and Cosmo? Because I had some issues with it. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. I thought the first thing they did was worse than the second thing they did, right? The first being uh, like saying things to their parents to try to get them to do things the other one isn't going to like. And then the second Mm -hmm. one, like being like trying to find other people for them. Mm -hmm. That I thought that trying to find other people was at least a little more realistic or just not as hateful. Offensive. (laughs) Yeah. As making the mom think that she's dumb. And so it was mean on their part, but my bigger issue with it was that it seemed to just expose Cosmo's toxic masculinity. So like Kathy's reading poetry to him and he's not into it. But instead of being like, oh, that was beautiful. But like, let's do something else now. Let me show my appreciation. He turns on the television while she's trying to read poetry to him. Like, that's not because of the girls. That's because of him. And then when he thinks that she wants him to be more manly, He's just misogynistic, and he's rude to wait staff, which is never okay. And he's trying to like pick a fight. Yeah, you looking at yeah. my woman? Uh, and he calls her a termagant. I think he pronounces it termagant, but termagant is a, such a weird word for anyone, let alone an alien, to know that I looked it up. And so it's not only uh, a misogynistic word; it's also it has racist roots. So that's fun. It's uh, originally referred to a deity that medieval European Christians just erroneously thought Muslims worshipped. Like, Christians just made this up as a mm. god that they thought Muslims had. Yeah, really weird. Okay. And then it, I didn't like, see that part in the definition that I read. It just said that it was an imaginary deity. Yeah. Um, so, but I didn't see that part of the root of it. Yeah, so... It made it into a bunch of, like, morality plays where there would be a character called Termigant who was this, like, god, and then it morphed into just, like, a bullying person, and then eventually it became associated with women because apparently audiences at the time saw the long flowing robes on this character and thought it was a woman. It's all, like, doesn't make any sense. Like, people are very stupid. (laughs) But it now means, according to Merriam-Webster, an overbearing or nagging woman. A shrew. And this is what Cosmo calls the woman that he's going to marry. And then they're all like, well, this is fine because he thought she wanted him to be manlier. And everyone knows that that's what men do. That's what manliness is. It's being a misogynist. Yeah, being a misogynistic cowboy. Uh, uh, Right, insulting her because he thinks that's what she wants? No, I don't like it. Yeah, it makes no sense. If I was Kathy, I would have broken up with him right there. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have been dating him in the first place, right. but well, my, if I was. My other big quibble with him is that, so we know this isn't like a cultural thing because the little bubbles don't like touching each other. And yet the first thing he does when he walks in the door and meets this 14-year-old daughter of his betrothed is to grab her by the waist and pick her up in the air. I didn't like that either. No, no and then that's he's also never okay. really touchy with the boy, and he's really touchy with the dog. Keep your hands to yourself <laughs> until you are given permission to do otherwise, sir. It's true. That was one of the first social etiquette things I learned. If you want to pet a dog, you have to ask. Yes. Yep. As the mother of a very you... anxious dog who is terrified by hands coming at her face, 
I say, step away. And also, as the owner of a waist that I do not enjoy having touched by strange men, I say, no, sir. If there are any men listening who aren't aware of this, you may not touch people's waists. I don't know why we have to tell people this, but you can't touch someone's waist, not the small of their back, not their, you just can't touch their waist. If you don't know them, and even if you do know them, you may not without permission. Here's the appropriate ways to touch a stranger. Zero. Extend your hand and see if they put their hand in it. That's Yes, that's the appropriate thing to do. You can make a gesture and then you wait for it to be reciprocated. Yeah, you you do 50%. Let them do the other 50%. Yeah, that really rubbed me the wrong way. But yeah, Trevor I, seemed to like it. And Trevor, who from the <laughs> very beginning of the movie is talking all about aliens. The first line he says when he wakes Megan up is, die, alien, die. Yeah. He's obviously alien obsessed. Well, it makes him slightly less credible when he says that Cosmo is an alien, but he's right. I mean, I think that's the whole point, though. He's right twice a day. Yeah. And the boy who cried wolf. Mm. If everyone's an alien, then when a real alien comes along, nobody's going to believe you. This is accurate. Oh, so the the ex-husband, the storyline where he falls for the spiritualist lady... I was like, okay, this is cute, but he's still a jerk. She, uh, yeah, I'd say she still deserves better. She deserves to be treated with respect. She's a weirdo, but she deserves, yeah. you know, respect just like anyone else. I mean, she looks unhappy with his behavior at the wedding, how he answered his phone In the middle of their the vows? Yeah. Oh, well, she's going to yeah. break up with him real fast. I mean, that's yeah. not going to last. Yeah. Also, I thought it was, I like couldn't decide if I thought it was weird but nice that he went to his ex's wedding or if I just thought it was weird. But as soon as he, first of all, he, so he answers the phone during the vows, which like he should have immediately gotten banned from weddings. But he also like asks Megan while they're getting ready for the ceremony to go find the woman he has a crush on. Like, go leave the ceremony. That she, like, she's in the wedding, and he's like, um, have you seen that pretty lady I liked? Can you go find her for me, daughter? Yeah, I think generally I would think it was nice that he was going to his ex's wedding. Um, in this case, it was kind of weird, knowing his relationship with his kids and, and his ex. And he's just going to hook up with this new lady that he likes. Who is the neighbor of his ex-wife's now husband. Right. Interesting. Can we talk about, um, so I have a bunch of questions about the aliens. How, why did they come to Earth instead of a planet that might be more hospitable to their natural form? Did they have a choice? Okay. Plot. Okay. (laughs) How did they get bodies? Are these bodies that they, like, are these dead bodies that they found and inhabited? Did they create these bodies somehow? Where did the bodies come from? How did... I didn't think about them being dead bodies, but that sounds plausible. Like, they can, and they could take over an existing body. Here's, here's the problem with, I think, the way that we're approaching this. (laughs) This, this movie is not science fiction. And it instead seems to be fantasy. So I shouldn't ask the other 10 (laughs) logistical questions. (laughs) No, I think you You should ask ask them. them. How did they get identities? I'm just saying logic has no place here. 
why are there diamonds on a planet that's entirely gaseous? Do we know how it's diamonds It's not entirely are gaseous. They're made of gas. Who would, who, how, how would they you They are, even... but do you remember when we saw the scene of Emperor Savad chasing them um, when her mom died? Oh, May she so rest sad. in bubbles. Yes. Um, <laughs> there were, there were like certain jagged planet pieces. But I like thought... it looked like there were like rocks or something oh, on that planet. I thought they were just supposed to be like denser gases. <laughs> oh, they looked like solids Maybe. to me. In any case, but how here are... is also the question. He he was in a rush, right? Uh they were in a rush when they left. When did they have time to get the diamonds? And also, how would they collect those diamonds when diamonds are pointy? They clearly pop very <laughs> easily and like <laughs> cannot carry things. Yeah, the how also since they can't touch each other how do they reproduce well have you ever seen a bubble become two bubbles um why do they have human faces in the bubbles and speak english okay but back to the diamonds so if he's just selling this stash of diamonds that he has like what is he declaring on his taxes Somehow he got an identity, he got a social security number, but like, what does the government think he does for money? What does everyone think he does for money? I don't know that he has a social security number. These are questions See, that I mean, the 12-year-olds watching have... this movie do not have. You have to have legal documents to get married. True, to get legally married. I assume that they got legally married. <laughs> um, I don't know. Where yeah. was she going to school before? Was she just not going to school? How long did they live on Earth before Cosmo and Kathy started dating? Like, where are they living? How did they get that house? How did they buy that house? How is he financing that house? What do they do in that house? With diamonds. Ah. You just paid for they it just, outright. You just went to a real estate agent and was like, I have this much diamonds. You give diamonds. me house now? So confused. How did he These questions learn... have no place here. He learns like human behavior, and yet Ariel is still like, oh my god, it's breezy. I'm gonna hide under a car. Did he not teach her anything? What has he been doing? Like he's like, I love dogs, and he's down on the floor with the dog, and she walks in and she's like, silence, beast. <laughs> What is this monster? That was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, does he like go out and socialize and just leave her at home to sit in the sink because apparently touching water turns her into a gas bubble again? Of course, because liquids are gases. Science. Hold on. I feel like sitting in the sink didn't turn her into a gas bubble. That was like how what she needed to do when she felt herself falling apart so that she could get her strength back to take human form again. That was how I yeah, saw Yeah, she said, that. water calms me. Okay. So when she's talking to the bubble at school, when she's like professing her undying love for the bubble and the terrible teacher comes in and instead of being like, oh, honey, we need to get you to a counselor. Like, are you hallucinating? Do you need to have a mental health check in? Let's see what's going on. Instead, she's like, you're one of the great poets of our time. Like, what was she just imagining (laughs) that that bubble was her boyfriend? She was imagining it, yeah. Her, by yes. the way, inexplicably Australian boyfriend? Yeah. I mean, that's also something I took notes on. Is like, they all may be from the same planet, but they all have different accents. Well, and like, Fanul in particular is just like way out there. And you're like, where oh, did he's, you yeah, grow up? Definitely. Because accents are sexy. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
or we're supposed to think they are. I don't, the whole travel between the planets thing, like, okay, fine, it's magic, I get it. But Fanul is just like, oh, I'm gonna go back and forth. It's fine, I'll just switch from being gaseous to being solid. And he gets over his whole, like, hesitation to touch really quickly. There's a lot of stuff at the end that I had questions about. Like, did they just murder his dad? Because when the mom's gas bubble broke up, they acted like she's dead now. But then when the emperor's bubble broke up, Fanul was like, ah, he's just in the, you know, he's indisposed. Whatever, don't worry about it. This is, I'm talking, by the way, about after they blast him into oblivion with the leaf blower and the hair dryers that are very, 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 very clearly not plugged into anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's That was one problem I had. Like, where the hell could they have all been plugged into? Oh, no, no. there's a shot where you can see the cords dangling on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't also, see that. Also, does no one else at the wedding see the giant floating bubble head in the sky? Right. Was it in the backyard and they're all in the front yard or vice versa? It was high yeah. enough that they should have been able to see it. I mean, they're looking the other way, apparently. <laughs> if there's ever an actual alien invasion, Lorena will be the like least helpful person to go oh, to. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we would all be like, there were three of them. They went that way. They had four heads and they were green and seven feet tall. And Lorena will be like, we don't know. Maybe those were just some very tall seasick people who are just looking for a Denny's. We don't know. Or I'll be like, I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. will be like, there was a cute dog. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading a book. <laughs> also, can I just talk real quick about, like, you said about their bubbles having faces, mm-hmm. but, like, the bubbles that they become on Earth look completely different than the bubbles that they were on what's it what's it called zirconium zirculon 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 or circulon i don't know if um, it's a z or a c i think it's a z i think okay. so too yeah i thought circulon because they're all circle shaped mm, oh that makes sense too <laughs> yeah i was watching it with the captions on and it said ah, zirculon mm-hmm. it's z-i-r-c-a-l-o-n um, because on Zircalon, they looked like they were like three three D, right? So it's like it was all the same color, but it looked like it had you know kind of like a nose sticking out, eyes going in, you know, a face. And then the ones on Earth seem to be just fully smooth, but then you can actually see their human body's face. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because so that's weird of our atmosphere being different. Like, different elements are making the bubbles so they look different? Sure. I don't yeah. know. I believe that. I whatever had, you say. Whatever. Ariel, <laughs> we learned that her alien name was Suiza, which I feel like is not weirder than Cosmocola, so why didn't she just keep it? Suiza Aura? Oh. It just sounds Ooh, like my name, that's it all. It does kind of sound like your name. <laughs> also, I kind of thought Ariel had, like, an Anya vibe going on. Anya from Buffy, who just, like, doesn't mean to be mean, but just says honest things. Like, you seem vapid and shallow without, like, meaning anything by it. She's just like, this is an observation I'm making. Oh, it yeah. offends you? What? Okay. Um, You know, I have heard theories about Anya being on the autism spectrum, specifically from my friend who is a Buffy fan who is in the, mm. on the autism spectrum. But, um, yeah, it makes sense because I kind of did see that same thing in Soiza. 
in a person as, who says, as I see in Anya, what is your interest in this disgusting bag of skin I inhabit, Cutter? Like, like that kind of thing. Flirty. We are disgusting bags of skin. <laughs> and both of them have like kind of not, yeah, kind of irrational fears. Anya fears mm. bunnies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Ariel fears the wind. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, bunnies aren't just cute. Like everybody supposes. Eliza. <laughs> uh, they also forgive Fanul really quickly for almost uh, leading them all to imprisonment, banishment and or murder. So I thought the little boyfriend swap yeah. at the end was like a lot for me (laughs) honestly i feel like this movie could just be just as good without any romance other than the one between kathy and cosmo oh absolutely there's no point in either cutter or fanul being characters in this movie um and the romance between megan's dad and what's her name the woo woo hippie lady (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah or or if i may what if we had had michelle megan's friend who was not nice to her but clearly had a major crush on ariel and then we had heather the popular girl who clearly had some sort of friction with megan and what if we just you know developed those storylines a little bit i don't know we'll see what happens just had a bunch of young gay love happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a lot better than yeah. Fanul I saying mean, to Cutter, I find I am more interested in the brown hair ugh, of Megan yeah. than the yellow hair of Soiza. And then Cutter saying, that's a Betty and Veronica thing. Freedom of choice, man. Blech. Oh, my God. This was Cutter gained some points by telling Megan, this dude's fully scamming on you. I was like, great, good looking out, Cutter. But then he like immediately lost all of those points when he was just like, ugh, girl's hot, yeah. My favorite Cutter line, though, is still, because it also was when I was a kid, um, and it gave me such amazing nostalgia feels when he said it, was when he was like, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's really cool that he like put that that he froze that woman into a block of ice. It does look really cool, but it isn't. <laughs> like, okay. I think my favorite cutter line was when Megan says, I like your hair and cutter says, Oh, thanks. It's bleached. No shit. Sherlock. <laughs> oh, baby boy. We know, we know, honey. Although I, I think my one, maybe my very favorite other than the disgusting bag of skin line is, Serena says to Kathy, Serena, the, the hippie right, psychic, Serena psychic, says to Kathy, you wear a nimbus of distrust. And Kathy goes, thanks, I got it at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> that was another good one. <laughs> oh, cute. Oh, also, okay, so my takeaway from this is at the end of the movie, after potentially patricide, regicide, just murder of the emperor the okay so kathy's husband kathy's husband's daughter kathy's daughter kathy's son uh kathy's daughter's new boyfriend kathy's stepdaughter's new boyfriend and the family dog all have this gigantic secret that no one thinks to tell kathy 
This is not cool. <laughs> Kathy has no idea that the man she just married and his daughter are both aliens and like literally everyone else knows. Including Trevor, who knew it before everyone else. Yes. But like they have all now conspired to do alien stuff and not tell Kathy. This is pertinent information. You need to be upfront with someone before they commit to you, presumably legally do using your forged documents that say you're from the Yukon. Ah, <laughs> not cool. Uh, yeah, it's not just that they like all conspired to do alieny things. They literally assassinated an emperor. <laughs> yes. It was assassination. Yeah. With leaf blower and hair dryer. Yes. But he was an evil emperor. So, you know, it's okay. Okay. So it's just it's just a little light murder. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. Also, I would think that if they have that technology where they can just be like, Zoop, here is a portal to your to a different planet that like we would see more of them more frequently or like that they would go in and out of those portals more maybe they do maybe they're just so disgusted by our skin bags that like they yeah. came once checked it out and they were like get out of here put this on the do not visit list they gave us zero stars on TripAdvisor, which makes a lot of sense considering that fanul was so disgusted by the skin bags that after he saw them for a minute he had a crush on one of them well it's she had brown hair so. Oh, right. It was the brown hair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be having a lot of kinky fun with that. Oh, <laughs> with, with the brown hair. skin bags <laughs> and brown hair. <laughs> also, just because we're hopping around now, the, yeah. the way that Ariel talks, like, yes, the, the lexicon, sure, she uses interesting words, but also, like, <laughs> the way she says Cutter's name, she says, Cutter. Cut her. She just has like weird ways of pronouncing things. It's like, she's like, your room is hideously cluttered. She talks like an acting student who has been told that they need to enunciate more and round their vowels. She's like, am I doing it? Yeah, she's thinking too much of the way the word is spelled. Cluttered. Mm-hmm. Cl- cluttered. It, I can't even do it. But seriously, go back and watch that part. It's like vaguely reminiscent of Moira Rose. We're like, it's clearly an affectation, but it's just the way you talk all the time. And so it becomes part of who you are. Yeah. Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek for anyone who didn't get that reference. Haven't seen it. <gasps> Me neither. Oh, it's really good, you guys. I really enjoy it. It's another show with a stupid name and just a a great, great performances, great writing. Really well it done. It looks great. The cast looks great. I just haven't had time. I think our producer, Ashley, really likes it, too. Yes. I saw a thumbs yeah. up A+. Plus. Ashley knows what's <laughs> up. And, oh, super gay. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I've heard the name Moira Rose and something about somebody saying the name David, <laughs> but I uh, don't know, like, what any of that means. Yeah, if you don't know the depths of comedy gold that can exist in just the name David, you're in for a treat. <laughs> I probably should watch. My dad's name is David, and I should 
come up with you other should, ways to like say his name, I guess. It's like a super queer Jewish show. I don't know why I know. you wouldn't I, watch like, it. As a queer Jewish person, I should be watching that. Yes, we should, <laughs> we should all be watching it, regardless of our queerness or Jewishness. Although bonus points for either or both. Um, so also I said earlier that there were like certain lines that I would like recite and I have to figure out which of my childhood friends I used to say this with. It very well could be my friend Eliza. So I will ask her after this. She also listens to this podcast. Eliza, is it you? Hi. (laughs) Was when the girls are like, the Yukon rules. For some reason, we always thought that was funny. That is cute. Would high five. (laughs) The Yukon rules. One of my other questions though was like, is there any school in which... Ariel, even though she's very, very pretty, would actually be fetishized the way that she is instead of just people being like, oh, my God, you're wearing a helmet and training wheels and flipping over on your bike and you dress really weird. And I feel like they would have just mercilessly teased her. Yeah, I think so. Because even in Mean Girls, it's like, you know, it was kind of like the reminiscent of that part of Mean Girls where like anything Regina does, people will do. So when she had the holes cut in her shirt right over her boobs, everyone else did that. But Regina already had Mm -hmm. that level of popularity. I think as a brand new person in the school, I don't think that would have happened. No, no. And it's not like she's like cool by association because we see that Megan isn't cool. So, like, maybe if she had been, like, Heather's new stepsister, then maybe people would have just been like, oh, okay, she's, like, cool because Heather's cool. But she's just a weirdo. Or if she had been Jules' real cousin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That would work, too. Because apparently that works, too. Also, like, how did they find out that she wasn't Jules' cousin? Who knows? (laughs) Also, how did kids... It, it looked like it was within the same school day that suddenly everyone was dressing like her. Yeah, it was. And, and then I was like, well, they probably just like made it look like it was the same day. But really, that's like over the course of multiple days. But then they, then she even said by seventh period, mm-hmm. everyone was looking like her. Everyone like loved Ariel. Yeah, maybe it's an opus, open campus and they all went home at lunch. Yeah, maybe. And got their pink clothes Very so they weird. could all look like the pink gas bubble. Yeah, I uh, final note for me is that this is maybe the least romantic announcement of an engagement that we see where Cosmo is like stuffing a hot dog piled high with fixings into his face. And it's like, we're married. Like, what? Ew, buddy. Come on. He doesn't have good human people skills. No, but I feel like this is why she didn't tell her ex because I noticed he, the ex didn't find out until Megan told him. And like, look, I know it's a Disney Channel movie, but if you're getting remarried, you have to tell your ex-spouse for like logistical reasons, for financial reasons, for emotional respect reasons. But if you were engaged to a guy who announced it to everyone with a mouthful of hot dog, maybe you wouldn't want to tell people. <laughs> yeah, I like really question this mom's judgment. It seems like she was introducing her kids to lots of dates. And like, I'm not trying to pass judgment on anyone who any, you know, single parent for their dating habits. But I mean, I think most single parents I know who date are mindful about who they introduce their kids to. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, getting engaged to someone her kids haven't even met yet. Well, and she barely Mm -hmm. knows him. Yeah, I mean, they obviously got got engaged super fast so 
She's definitely making good choices in her life. Very weird. Poor Kathy. <laughs> Planet weird. Just wait until she wakes up one morning and someone's just a block of ice in her bedroom. Yeah. Surprise. She has another thing coming. But she gets hot, hot alien sex, I bet. <laughs> yeah. One can only assume. I wonder what sex with a bubble would be like. I mean, nope, sorry, I don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> this is a family show. We'll just leave that to the imagination. <laughs> okay, just looking through my notes, things I haven't touched on. The scene at the wedding where all the kids are in that room with the frozen... What a Serena Sue. Uh-huh. Um, and Cutter is trying to like make a case for Earth. We recreate constantly. And he goes, he's talking about all the different things. And he said something about there being so many flavors of potato chip and they're all really good, except for yogurt. And so then I looked it up, like, are there yogurt flavored potato chips? And here's what I found. The only yogurt flavored potato chips brand I found is... Japanese? You guessed it. Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> you knew it. And the brand name is Cosmos. Cute. Crazy. Isn't that funny? And I do not want to try it. I assumed that yogurt potato chips were one of those weird 90s diet fads where everything was like low fat and they were trying to make it. They were just like pretending things tasted good and you were supposed to eat these fat-free potato chips and be like, yum. Yum, these aren't giving me a horrible stomach ache from the Olean in them. They're fine. The potato Ooh. chips that then had to come with the disclaimer on the bag that they caused... <clears throat> Diarrhea? Uh, I believe the exact phrase was anal leakage. Oh, right. Yep. Yep. That was from the Olean in them, the fat-free oil product. Mm. Yeah, not the reason you want to need a butt plug. No. No. (laughs) This podcast has gone such an interesting direction. This is totally what I expected from a Disney Channel original movie. Family podcast, gosh darn it, we're a family podcast. Are we, though? (laughs) Hi, Mom! (laughs) And on that note, thanks for joining us for our discussion of the Disney Channel original movie, Stepsister from Planet Weird. We will be taking a little break for the rest of December, and we'll be back on January 7th with our episode of Roswell Season 1, Episode 11, Toy House. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and also give us a rate and a review. It really helps other people find us. You can also read about us and look at our extensive show notes on our website, roswellhotsauce.com. You can also find us on Twitter and on Instagram at Roswell Hot Sauce. And you can send us an email at roswellhotsauce at gmail.com. Feel free to shoot us any questions, thoughts, or suggestions. Until next time, happy, happy holidays! holidays.